Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. It is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance with Keyshawn, Josh, and J. Williams. I'm Freddie coming in for Max Kelman. An absolute pleasure to have Sarah Kustak joining us for the final two hours of the Yes Network basketball yeah. analyst. She is giving us the straight talk, brought by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Sarah, first things first. Good luck trying to deal with those two guys that you went down there at the seaport in New York. That's all I'm going to say about that. Freddie, I was told you were going to be in here with us. Yes, I, I was you supposed were going to. Be to. What happened was, have your back. What I, happened what, was, go ahead, Freddie, tell them all the excuses. Well, no, I found out last night that oh. Max couldn't be in today. And since I live up here in Connecticut, they said, can you fill in but do the show from Bristol? But if I had my way, I'd have made the trip down to New York to be around you guys. Oh. You look at you. No, I don't care about you now. I care about Sarah. I'm thrilled to be here. And just seeing your face on the screen lights up my day. But that makes me feel good. Thank you so much for that. Like I said, those two, keep an eye on those two. That's all I'm going to say about that from that standpoint. Yeah, we trying to do that. Because you guys bust on me all the time and I take it. So now I'm going to roast you guys back a little bit. You take it? Jeez. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Freezing! <laughs> Sorry to worry about you there, Freddie. I take it and I spit it back at you guys. How does that sound? I take it and I spit it back at you guys. Now, Patrick Beverly was spitting out in terms of when he walked in before you came on, sir. He said the Heat were in trouble. Here's why he thinks that even though up one game to nothing in the Eastern Conference Finals against Boston. Um, I'm meaning by uh, a healthy Boston. I don't, know, I don't know how that looks yet. You know, obviously Al Horford didn't play. Marcus Smart didn't play, but, you know, if you're a basketball player and you, you're looking at a basketball game, one game, um, how they started out the game, how they pressured the, the guards. You got Jason Tatum trying to initiate offense. That's really not I, – I, I won't say he can't do it. I'm just saying that uh, it's easier when Marcus Smart is out there when he uh, initiating the offense. Um, again, we touched on attacking, uh, you know, playoffs all about attacking mismatch. Mm-hmm. Pritchard, uh, Pritchard, they put him in everything. Just like, you know, when I said about the C- CP, you know, it was – it's not that. It's, you know, it's just playoffs or matchups. You know, you can't guard. You go get exposed. And they did it time after time after time in the fourth quarter. Uh, kind of crippled their defense. Uh, got bodies off, 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 off Butler and, and, you know, can't really stay attached to them there. So, uh, with a healthy Marcus Smart, pressuring those guards, Al Horford. I mean, uh, initially, I didn't know coming in, but I like Boston now. So, Sarah, what do you stand on what Patrick Beverly said about 10 minutes ago? Well, I was going to come in here and – I mean, you look at yesterday, I came in saying Miami would win in seven. Mm -hmm. I still think, I still take in Miami in seven. Mm. However, Freddie, Pat's on, he's on point. I mean, you look at the the fact that Boston, with what they're able to do and what they were able to do, even without Marcus Smart, uh, some of their issues and vulnerabilities come from the fact that they can be ball pressure and they can turn the ball over. And that is where Miami thrives. And so we didn't really see that until the the second half. And so overall, I think for Miami, a lot of it is going to come down to can they continue to find ways to score and generate offense with Boston making some adjustments on that defensive end. And I I think so much of what Jimmy Butler was able to do was predicated on that type of intensity. But will his other complementary players, will Bam Adebayo come out and be the same player we saw him I think there, there's just so many things about Boston that they will have optionality on that defensive end and offensive end if Marcus Smart comes back. But I think so much is predicated on are you going to get Smart back and how much does that change the complexion of what Boston 
Boston could do in the half court because I think that's where Miami has such an edge if they're able to get them in the half court. So two things real quick. The first thing is when, because Pat Bev and I were talking yesterday, and we both believed that Marcus Smart was going to play. So when we found out he wasn't playing, automatically in my mind is, you know this as a hooper, when you walk on the floor, if I see a dude that I know doesn't really belong at this starting unit, oh, come here, you're going to be mine. So Miami got into a lot of their initial action, and then they found ways to target Peyton Pritchard almost the every possession. Game. He Think was a liability the- being on the court. And I hate that for Peyton, but welcome to playoff basketball, but right? It, and that's what – I mean, think about the shot making. that yes. he did. Like, he came in and did what he's supposed to do. And so that's, that's your pick and choose and your – and that's where the depth matters, and that's where everything changes when you're missing key players. So you're missing Smart and Horford, and you could talk about what you don't get from not having them. But you're going down the line. You're going down the rotation. you got Ime Udoka looking on his bench like – who am I going yeah, to Aaron go Naismith, to? Aaron I'm this, putting him in. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and he did a, a nice job. If, like, he, he was trying. He made some nice play. He had that nice block, a good rebound. But that's entirely different when you're looking at Smart and Horford and then Pritchard is able to come in and be that spark plug. You're, you're figuring out, do we want Grant Williams start? Who's going to be coming in? And that's where I think your depth is tested. And uh, Miami went nine deep in the first quarter. Yeah. Like, Eric Spolstra has so many options to choose from, and I think it in those ways, in those regards, I still – I mean, Boston is an absolute beast, but I, I think there's areas that Miami shows that if they're able to take advantage and exploit some of that lack of being able to have ball protection, that to me changes the dynamic of what they're able to do. Sarah, we t- we, we're talking about Smart and Hartford not being there, but if you had to – choose one being there which one would that be oh smart to me that's not even a question that's not even a question and it and i'm not saying that horford his ability to space how he changes what i mean think about how much early on boston was playing in the drop and just how they're able to you know continue to change things defensively but i think with marcus smart like the switchability of what you could do with Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. you go down the lit like that. That's what makes them such killers on the defensive end. And so you take out that component. Think about think about how much throughout the course of the season we were talking about Marcus Smart and him really embracing that point guard role, the decision making he had. I thought we saw tremendous ball movement in that first half. I mean, think about the fact that that Boston had 17 assists in that first half. They were clicking. They were driving, kick. They were getting in the paint. And a lot of that was because of the, yep. the, the lack of filling up some of the gaps and, and not stopping the point of attack by Miami's defense. But in the second half, five, it was a ton of isolation basketball. And that's where I think Smart comes in and he calms things down or he figures out how to organize the offense better, just how he's able to be that floor general and then add in the fact of just what he does on the defense. See, to me, talent-wise, Boston is the better team talent-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Miami is the more experienced team. Right, And I've always thought in order for Boston to take this next step, because we talk a lot about will Jason Tatum reach that next mantle where he's considered a superstar. And superstar isn't something that we play around with on this show. Like there's like six or seven superstars in the NBA. And Jason Tatum is definitely on his way. But this young team needs to grab it from the mantle from Miami. And that's what we're going to see, that test of character and will by the Boston Celtics if they can get healthy. Yeah, I, I think what's always interesting to me, though, with Boston is think about how many times that this core has been to the Eastern Conference Finals. Was it four? Like, is it four yeah, now think, with yeah. Tatum and with Tatum, Brown yeah. and it, with Smart? It it's three or four. Three, three or four. It's three or four. four. I think it's four. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, 
they had been in early three of five yeah, early, early, they, yeah, early early missed right. a couple years and then because Jason um, Tatum won his rookie year but but so overall Damn. like y- you look at it it's a weird to me balance of still feeling like their young team still uh, kind of cutting their teeth on on in this position against a Miami group that had been to the finals and you got a guy like Jimmy Butler as a veteran but also go down the roster but you got PJ Tucker won a world championship Kyle Lowry won a world and championship that's, and that's where yes. the difference is yes but Gabe Vincent coming out and balling. Yeah. What, you know, you Max uh, shouts to Max Truth, DePaul, DePaul. I'm mean, gonna keep bringing that up. <laughs> you know, but you got but you got a lot of a lot of guys with chips on their shoulder, a lot to prove. But I I think you know some of that experience, and that's where I think to me, looking at the be- who's the best player in the series, I believe that's Jimmy Butler. And more mm. often than not, I think you're gonna ride with the team that has the best player in the series. Mm. Keyshawn J. Will and Max and Sir Kustoff from the Yes Network joining the show here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, as well as Progressive Insurance. We talk about Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum rising superstar status. And real quick, Sarah, the one thing I'd said, and Jay, Jay brought it up in terms of going from being a star to being a superstar with Jason Tatum, he's tracking that way. We're going to find out how he deals with that because when you become a superstar, you get everybody's attention. And you can't go one for seven with six turnovers in the second half like we saw Jason Tatum doing game one last night. And it's to me, it's the turnovers, but that also factors into the position he was put in and maybe just outside your comfort zone a little of of how much he was expecting, had the responsibility to initiate offense um, in that is where I think he continues to grow. Like the steps we've seen him take this year has been the patience and the poise and the ability to make decisions and not get sped up. And I think in that second half, Miami was speeding him up. They were they were tossing doubles at him. They were blitzing him some. There was early help. There was late help. It, it's all of that concept of making him think where these guys are coming from, when they're coming. And I think they did an extraordinary job of how they were able to manipulate that and show different looks to him throughout the course of the second half. See what she just said, Jay? That's why I asked you earlier about pressing and speeding up in the second half to force those turnovers because you're all of a sudden looking at Jimmy Butler and you're looking at everything that's going on, so you play outside of yourself. You don't think that was the case? I I don't. I I think that Jason Tatum – isn't the guy to always initiate the offense. Okay. I think his legs were tired, and I think a lot of his passes were lazy. I think Jimmy Butler was able to capitalize on some lazy passes from Jason Tatum and from the Boston Celtics. I, and I'm, not, I'm not taking anything away from their defense. I, their defense is one of the best in the league, if not the best. But some of these passes, like we, saw, we showed two possessions in a row where JT came down. He was frustrated. He didn't get the no call one time. He gives a lazy pass. It turns into a strip. He walks the ball down again. He gives another pass to the top. Jimmy Butler comes from the weak side behind it, steals it again. Like, those are passes that he's tired. He's not used to making. Is that because he's not, uh, I guess, used to, accustomed to basically running the offense? I think, uh, to me, one, I think a combination of that, how much he was relied upon in that game. Uh Two, I'm curious, like, Jay, you've been in it. To me, there was the the fact that Miami hadn't played since Thursday. So it took a second to rev up, though. Like, Starting that game, it took them a second to to recalibrate to what they needed to do. And then second half, fresh legs. And Boston had just played seven. They just finished a monster series. And in what ways does that factor in? So here's how it factors in. And here's interesting. It's it's almost like it's kind of like similar to to KD and Kyrie. Like when Kyrie's off the court and KD's initiating the offense, five, five people, ten eyes focused on Kevin Durant, right? Uh, now, granted, 
Nets didn't have the shooters to really space the floor out. But when you see guys on the court like Aaron Naismith or you see guys like Peyton Pritchard, you're like, we will live with you knocking down shots on the outside. So it makes a world of a difference, whereas Marcus Smart has the ball. And now you're worried about, all right, got eyes on Marcus Smart. Where, where's Jason Tatum? Where's Jalen Brown? Now you're focusing more on the continuity of the system. So it's just like that on top of him focused on scoring, keeping them in the game, on top of what he's doing on the defensive end, that adds a different layer to his load that typically is not there. And I'm not saying he can't do it. He just doesn't have the volume of experiences doing that when Marcus Smart can relieve you from doing that. In Miami, I don't feel like they were shooting the gaps or being as aggressive or, or getting in the lanes in the same way in the first half as they were the second, second half. half. Yep. So in some ways, you're, you, yeah. those passes that you were making in the first half or getting the paint so easily, that was not available. Mm. Yeah, especially they've outscored opponents by 102 points in the third quarter during the playoffs this year. That comes to the Miami Heat taking game one of the series in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Boston Celtics last night. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. Freddie Cohen from Max Kellen with Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Sarah Kustock from Yes Network joining us here by Progressive Insurance. So we go from the Celtics losing game one to the team that beat the Celtics in round – the Celtics beat, excuse me, in round one. We need people here that want to be here. They're selfless. They want to be part of something bigger than themselves. And there's an objective and there's a goal at stake here. And in order to do that – we're going to need availability from everybody. But he basically called out Kyrie and said, hey, we want you here, but at the same time, it can't continue to go through like this. This is the Nets, Sean Marks, basically trying to reset the culture here. This is him saying, I'm in charge. Josiah's in charge. Oh, God. <laughs> so Kyrie Irving did not wait until the get back on the basketball court to have the offseason start because he has been all over social media, but we know he has a priority for the New York Nets, Brooklyn Nets, excuse me, because they said so. Sarah Kustoff from the Yes Network joining us here on Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max with Keyshawn Johnson and Jay Williams and Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio. Here's the deal with Kyrie Irving. You can Ooh, say tell me the deal with Kyrie Irving. Yeah, Freddie. tell me to tell Freddie. I want to know the deal I'll, with Kyrie Irving. I'll, I'll, I'll let you lady and gentlemen know right now. Here's the deal with Kyrie Irving. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. There's nothing dumb about him. He may say and do some dumb things. But there's that. nothing dumb about Kyrie Irving. There's no dispute with me about that from that standpoint. And when you sign up with a guy like Kyrie Irving, you have to know what you've gotten yourself into. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the organization. I'm not talking about Kevin Durant. I'm talking about everybody involved. You bring in a mercurial guy like this, a mercurial player like this, a mercurial man like this, you have to, it's the whole genie in the bottle theory. You rub that bottle, genie comes out, you got to take everything that comes with it. But the Brooklyn Nets, let it be known, you heard that clip from Sean Marks. He said, we want everybody in. The big question is, the end that they're talking about, Sarah, may not be the same kind of end that Kyrie Irving has in mind for this organization. It, it, there's a lot that's going to be decided throughout the course of the summer in terms of contractually what things look like, uh, what Kyrie decides to do. I mean, he's the one who has a player option, essentially, to to choose to take, but you assume decline to get that max. Uh, but this is going to be a situation where I'm curious to see how it plays out. And to me, Sean Marks was very bold and, and very direct in the statements that he made. And, and he made it clear that it wasn't just about Kyrie. It was about the entirety of the team. Um, however, he is a huge factor. And what I will say, and Jay, Key, Freddie, you guys know this, the relationship between Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving is something that is real. Like, mm-hmm. it is the real deal. Um and the concept of them wanting to play together, what they want to play, you know, what they want to achieve together, all of that, I think, factors in in a different way mm. than some of Kyrie's other stops. And I also think just him being here, him being around his family, him being from home. Uh, but 
Kevin Durant wants to win. Like, it's about winning. It's about putting together the best squad you can. It's about everyone being accountable. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's, that's where it's got to start. See, okay, so me having a in on the East Coast now more so than I did before. So I'm kind of this Kyrie thing is around me every single day now. Opposed to when welcome I was, to welcome to our world. Well, 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 was, yeah, it's like around me a lot now. Well, if you're in LA, to, it wouldn't be the same. It, it wasn't the same, same right? Yeah. You don't get it the same. So I'm really like, I'm not oblivious yeah. at all, but I'm trying to understand, Sarah, because you you're around the nets, you kind of know this thing. What's the real problem with Kyrie? Meaning, like, why does everyone feel like he's an issue for the Brooklyn Nets? Because I don't see it that way. Right? I, I, don't, I just don't see it that way. Thank you. And that's a excellent question because being around the team, traveling with the team, being at practice, watching it, like he could not be more pleasant to be around, to see yeah. him, how he acts to us, to myself. I'll speak for myself personally. Yes. Um, the kindness that he always shows, the respect, everything, how he is with his teammates. You see the way he performs on the floor, yes. the respect he garners. But at the end of the day, I'm saying people just want to see him play. Yep. Yeah. People just want to see because he he's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant basketball Sarah, player. He played. He played. So I'm going to jump in for one second because I there's been this narrative about Kyrie that's been pushed that Kyrie doesn't like to work. Kyrie doesn't like to hoop. And my, I think that is dead wrong. I will say that the last two and a half, three years of my life, I don't know about y'all, Key. I know we've been together for two years doing this show. It's been a lot of stuff that's going down, yo, yes. where yes. between George Floyd, between mm-hmm. January 6th in the Capitol, uh, between the pandemic, there's been a lot of stuff that have put people in challenging positions. And because he's chosen to go about that in a different way that doesn't fit the way that normal, everyday working people who have to go out and work their jobs to make ends meet, have done it, have created this narrative that it's polarized because he doesn't like to do that. I think he will be available this year. But there are some nuances relationship-wise that I'm curious to ask your opinion on. When it comes down to saying hard things to one another, understanding the dynamics of KD and Kyrie, if it gets to a point where something else happens and it affects on the court again, and regardless of whether it's right or wrong, this is the narrative that is being built that seeps into the minds of Joe Sy, Clara Sy, Sean Marks, whatever it is. It's pressure from the outside that it's, it's inevitable. It's going to get to a certain point. Can KD tell Kyrie what time it is? Hmm. Do they have that type of a relationship? Or does, at the end of the day, because people say, oh, it's KD's team. I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's both their teams now. Kyrie is a strong personality, and so is KD. But, like, which one will give in first? That's going to be the question for me about whether this could really work or not. It- I don't know if he – I don't know if I would – I think it's the, the language that you use, use in terms of can he? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think he's willing to. I think they, they both, in calling each other brothers and feeling that way, feel like they can have the most Goes honest real. conversations with one another. Okay. I think, for example, with the, the shot and the panda, everything. And you, and you nailed it. Like, this, this last couple of years has been – there's been so many layers to it, but I, I think it's, I think Durant respected his choice and respected yes. his, and respected him as a man. So we said, if there was something that I felt the need yes, to be able to say, I disagree, 
But I don't think, I think he said, I I have my thoughts. You have your thoughts. I respect you. I love you. And I'm going to, I'm going to stand up for you in a way that's, that's fine. You have your choice on this matter. So I don't, I don't think that it's, he can't. I don't think it's that, oh man, I can't believe Durant. And at some point through the season, he said they, they had a conversation about it. So I think it's a level of respect of what it's actually about. What's, what's the crux of what they're talking about with it. And I think, I think Kevin said, Hey, he's his own man. And I'm not going to tell him what to do in this situation. And that's why things played out as they did. But you certainly can't tell somebody in, in when you talk about t- Kyrie missing time over the last two and a half years or whatever the case is, how much time has he really truly missed other than this year, other than this year, this past season, oh. Is the 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 meat of he's the schedule? He's, he's, he's done some things. He's done some things where you're like, I don't. But it's not a long but, but what, period of but, time. But, but it's, that's what I'm saying. It's, but it's still it's the it's the up and down ride of it. See a little bit, Jay. I, but I look but at key it. Com- compared to Kevin Durant, who's there every single day, who just wants yeah, to. But, but I understand that. But Kevin Durant's mindset is different. I, but you know, key, a lot of people Reed's. like to have control. I understand that. But when you're like talking about a guy taking off for a couple weeks because. He may be going through some stuff. You mentioned the Joy Floyd situation. He was feeling a certain way. Yeah. It wasn't like he missed four months. Exactly. Missed a yeah. couple games. I, 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 that's why I made and the point. Missed a couple games. Well, and this goes back. And then when we talked to Sarah about vaccination, the man didn't want people sticking needles in his arm. And guess what? It, no I one did. was talking about the other people. It's because it was in New York. It was because of the I'm protocols. Saying. It was yes. because of the right. mandates. We wouldn't be talking about this in the same way. Bradley Bill did it. Yes. That's every- why I'm like puzzled how people react to this situation with him. Well, and the other thing I'll say to what you're saying about him wanting to work, he is one of the most skilled players. Oh, I, I said he's the most skilled, one of the most we, skilled players he, I've ever seen. He came back from, from not having played and was – brilliant on the floor and played however 40 minutes and looked like he hadn't missed so you can't tell me that someone doesn't work on their game work on the craft love the game like you like are you are you watching him on the do you think he just magically this isn't this isn't a a freak of nature athletically that just comes through and powers and able to to take over a game he takes over a game with his skill set and with yeah. the work that he's put into it. So that's where I think the dynamic of not thinking that he loves it. It's like, crazy. This Freddie, man. I'll just, I'll say this, like the two words that the Nets need, weather, uh-huh. the storm, or three words, weather, yeah. the storm, three. Duke, but yeah, mind. it happens from time to time. We'll, we'll, but, we'll put it, we'll put it as a Kyrie being the center of that storm. He's not wait. the only one that has to weather that. But it's my thing is they are going to be favorite to probably win the chip next year when they come back, when it's all sudden. I'm just trying to tell you, watch. Like, for all the hoopla that occurred this year about Kyrie and all that drama, the reason why is because you have KD and Kyrie on the same team Mm -hmm. and expectations were for them to win a championship. But things change with the city mandate, and that put a lot of pressure on Kyrie, and I pay pay him homage. I mean, he held tight to what he believed in. And now that – I actually think that's going to bring this team together. And we didn't even talk about adding the Ben Simmons element into this and about how he gets chastised. So now KD gets chastised, Kyrie gets chastised, and you're doing that to Ben Simmons? I'm telling you, it's going to create a a unique dynamic for this team that no other team's going to have next year. Put it this way. Unique dynamic is an appropriate phrase to use in the situation because that will be very unique, whatever happens with the Brooklyn Nets. And no matter what, on and off the court – they're going to be must-see, must-hear, no matter what. 
is going on. Great stuff by Sarah Kustak, Yes Network Basketball Analyst, joining us here, Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max with Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Freddie Cohen, and for Max Kellerman. We're going to find out that if you're a former teammate, because Sarah's going to be joining us at 845 for the rest of the show. But before that, if you're a former teammate of Tom Brady, how would you go about roasting him, and could you do it? We'll find out next. But first, Jay has this from O-O-O-O-Riley. O'Reilly, I would happily do it. A weak battery could leave you stranded, so don't take a chance. O'Reilly Auto Parts will test your battery free of charge. If your battery needs to be replaced, their professional parts people can help you find the exact battery that fits your car and your budget. Make sure your vehicle is prepared for the weather ahead by getting your battery tested for free at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Freddie, that's when I was like, Max, no, people use email. Just <laughs> FYI. It's called email, Max. Just a thought, just a thought from that standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> it is Keyshawn J. Will and Max, Keyshawn Johnson, J. Williams, Freddie coming in for Max Kellerman on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and 6XM Channel 80. I don't know Teddy Bruschi knows about roasting people. I got a pretty good idea that he does. But when I ask about his former teammate, Tom Brady, about to get roasted on a Netflix special, the ESPN NFL analyst joins us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. And, Teddy, I'm not going to ask what you think about Tom Brady being a part of a roast on Netflix. I'm going to ask you this. What would you do if you were invited to roast your former teammate in that fashion? Ooh. <laughs> 
Well, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it'd be it'd be a fun show. I mean, I'm telling you, I can't wait to see that to see how they roast Tom. But I get it would have to be the voice for me. I mean, he's got the whole let's go thing, and he's got the hashtag LFG now and all that stuff. But when he first started, let's go and getting fired up, and he would talk to the team. It sounded like a five year old boy. Wait, wait, no, no, Teddy, Teddy. Now that you say that, Teddy, I need you to I need you to do it. I need you to t- tell I us don't how have it sounds. Hey, <laughs> I don't have that octave, man. I mean, I don't, I don't get let's that go. high. I don't get that high because I, let, let, that, I can't even do it. <laughs> Billy, I but, can't do it. But the question, though, you know, guys would we would giggle, we would giggle because he would, it would be. I was there when he was so young and getting, getting when he started to get into his leadership socks and everything like that and, and getting his role, and we'd see him trying, and it would just sort of be funny sometimes. It was like, dude, little Tom's trying to get us fired up. It's so cool. You know, I, I, you so know we'd what? laugh at I, I've been there, too, with the young people. You're like, go sit down somewhere in the corner, man. You, we <laughs> yeah. got veterans for this. Teddy I can, can, I can he, totally see it. Teddy, can you believe that Key didn't know what a roast was? He had never heard of a roast before. No, I heard of it. I heard of it, Teddy. I just never been involved in one. I've never watched one, and I've never been to one. So I'm like, what do you actually do? Yeah, I, I've never, I've never really been to a roast or been a part of a roast. I mean, it's, I've, I've heard of them. I've, I've sort of seen them televised and stuff like that. But uh, no, nah, it's going to be fun. It should be fun, fellas. So I, I'm curious. Mike McDaniel has success with Jimmy G in San Francisco, Teddy. What do you think the expectations should be for Tua this season? Because, you know, everybody was reacting this past week off the whole IG video and him underthrowing right, the ball. Right. Yeah. Like, that's going to be a big thing with Tyreek Hill. What are your expectations for the Dolphins in the AFC East? It was a damn punt, man. It was fair <laughs> catch. <laughs> I don't know how someone that works for the Dolphins wouldn't have the awareness. Yeah, maybe that's something we should post. That's something we look proud of. It was a pretty bad ball, but – yeah, um, guys, expectations for these guys. I mean, I guess I just focus on Tua and, I mean, to stay healthy for all 17. I mean, because, you know, the injury history is there and the durability of Tua, I think, is first and foremost what they're hoping for, that he's healthy. Um, I guess I also watched him to see if he could utilize Tyree Kill that makes him valuable in terms of worth all that money that they gave him. Because if defenses show, if he shows defenses that he's just not willing to have that, I don't know, Mahomes mentality of, you know, just sort of being reckless at times and freelancing at times, because that was a big part of Tyree kills thing where it wasn't route running. It wasn't, it wasn't any type of special offensive call. It was just throw it up deep and don't worry, I'll be under it. But Mahomes would do that. So I don't know if Tua has that in him to just say, whatever. I don't care if he's double teamed. I'm throwing it up across my body as far as I can throw it, and he'll come under it to have that type of attitude. So to see that and also expectations for, you know, McDaniel. I mean, can he do things that utilize Tua and Tyreek Hill in a way that, you know, defenses have to respect? Because, I mean, in San Francisco, I know it's – Tyreek's not really Debo Samuel in terms of a running back like that. So how creative he can be with two guys that are somewhat similar in Waddle and Hill. So, I mean, in with all that, there's Buffalo, who I think is going to win the division. New England, still probably a playoff team, and Miami's there. So what's their, what's their fit into the AFC East? We're going to have to see, and it starts with Tua. 
You know what, Teddy? Maybe that was the best pass that he threw all day long, so that's probably why they put it up there. Wow. When you look at, when you look at yeah. <laughs> the Miami Dolphins, wow. for me, this is an audition period for Tua. Tua. I think it, it, yeah. building the offense around him to a degree and going out and getting uh, the receivers, Cedric Wilson from the Cowboys, you, you add in Waddle a year ago. Now you bring in Tyreek Hill. They already got a decent tight end. Their running game is solid. Defensively, they were good under Brian Flores. And now you say to yourself, let's see what the quarterback can do. If the quarterback with two number one picks next year for us in the draft with a loaded quarterback class doesn't get things done the way we need to, we can go find a guy to put around these other guys that we feel good about. That's kind of the way that I'm looking at the Dolphins season going. Yeah, and if if Tua – I mean, the, the success he had, I mean, everybody can always look back at Alabama when he had all those players around him and a solid offensive line. And you almost expect, is it, is it in the back of your mind that he could surprise? Um, I know Dolphin fans are hoping that, and I don't totally write that off, that it's over with and it's not going to happen, but it's the best situation he can possibly have. You're right, Key. So, I mean, we got to see what he does with it. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, Teddy, great job as always, my friend. We love the fact we got a three-time Super Bowl champion. Talk about roasting Tom Let's Brady and doing go. the voice and everything. Yes. <laughs> <Let's go. laughs> Thanks, Teddy. Come on, Teddy. Teddy Bruschi, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Thanks, Keyshawn Johnson, J. Williams over there, Freddie Coleman, and for Max Kellerman. And Sarah Kustak of the Yes Network is going to rejoin the show, and I'm going to put her, Key, and J. Will in the spot when it comes to Luka Don of the Mavericks, and Jason Taylor of the Celtics. We'll do that, but first, Key has this from Straight Talk. Cutting the price of your wireless bill feels good, really good. Actually, it feels great. You should try it. So cut your bill by switching to Straight Talk Wireless, now offering our $45 Silver Unlimited plan with 5 gigabytes of hotspot and nationwide 5G on Americans' largest and most dependable networks. The $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. A month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G compatible device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Wins, Freddie Coleman, and for Max Kellerman. And, Jay, I'll start here with the NBA draft lottery that happened the same night of Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals with the Miami Heat beating the Boston Celtics. Why did it feel anticlimactic when it usually has more buzz than that? Well, the fact that you just enunciated anticlimactic like that is <laughs> I'm trying so to impress you with my lack of Duke evocation. Man, this dude is on it. <laughs> you know what? I, I, don't, I don't know why. I, I, I think just watching it, for me, I, there, are, there are the talent at the top of the draft is really interesting. We think about Jabari Smith from Auburn, Paolo Bancaro, uh, yeah, Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga, that he's wiry. Uh, people are trying to do comps to KD. I'm like, let's just slow down with yeah. the comps to KD. True. But I, I do see the, the skill package that is there. And also, like, Jaden Ivey. I know that we had Neil Ivey on the show for us head coach in Notre Dame. So the talent is there. You just start looking at, like, Orlando hadn't gotten a top draft pick since when? Sha- Shaquille O'Neal? I mean, Dwight, Dwight Howard. Howard, Dwight Howard, yeah. 2004, Dwight Howard. Mm-hmm. right? So you're like, all right, like I, I see what that is for Orlando, OKC. They get another draft pick, another one for Sam Presti. Like, what are you doing with this cum- like the accumulation of all these draft picks that you have? The Rockets, Jalen Green. Like, I guess my biggest takeaway was the Rockets, Freddie. They're like, the Rockets at the three spot, they're going to be okay. You got Jalen Green, what he brings to the table, along with if you do take Apollo Bencaro and how he can be utilized in that offense for Raphael Stone, who was there. So I guess that was my biggest takeaway, okay. but it didn't feel very exciting to me, frankly. Yeah, hey, Keisha, I'll throw this at you in terms of what if the NFL had a draft lottery? No. We could. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why do we need a draft lottery? This create more excitement around, I mean. The, was the NBA draft exciting? No, but it's different with football, man. Like, yeah. even the NBA draft, we, we call it, we do it, but the NFL first draft all, just we, feels bigger. First of all, NFL players and coaches aren't going to tank to try to get in the lottery. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do that. That's the NBA. And one of the reasons is in the NFL, you're playing for all 32 teams every single year. In the NBA, I could still tank, but I could fill up. 
I can go get 30 and my team could be bad, but I could average 30. Okay. In the NFL, I got to play my ass off so that I can get to the next contract. So you will never see players tank. They're going to play hard. Yeah, but you don't need to tank in order to make it exciting, though. Just the, the thrill of how the lottery and works get out. get into the lottery, you got to be a bad team. Yeah, but you're automatically going to be a bad team, right? Nah. If you uh-uh. ain't playing well. Because if I'm playing my tail off, because I got to get to the next contract. In basketball, it's individual. Right. You can go score 30, Jay, and the rest of our team can suck. You're going to get paid. Yeah, but you're still in the lottery. So my thing is, like, even if you – But even the if, players aren't going to do it. It's the players, not the coaches in the front office. The players are going to play their butts off. That's fine. Oh, we got to keep talking about this, Freddie. Sooner than later. And we do that here on Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max, and Sarah Kustoff from the Yes Network basketball analyst that she is joining the show here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. So I'm going to host it. I'm going to let ladies go first, and you guys can go back and forth after that. A little take your pick here right now, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. And I'll start with this. You got Luka Doncic of Dallas, Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics, Sarah. If you're starting your franchise with, who are you taking? This is tough, but my answer's coming quick, Luka. No Mm -hmm. question to me. He is a bad, bad man to think about what he's done at this point already in his career. Uh, That's easy to me. Why not follow you? You're smart. And so I want to be smart. <laughs> Why wouldn't I follow, right? Luca Tatum is cool, but Luca is just different. You got to learn how to play defense. But other than that, I'm, I'm all in. Yeah, the only slide I would have for Luca is at times he could be targeted as well defensively because mm-hmm. there are times he he's just been don't... better. He's been better this. He's been trying more. Their team has been a lot better. I mean, now right. they're vaulting in the top ten defensively, also which got is better. Size, 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 yeah. been, size makes a difference. I, 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 I would go Luca too. But I, I do really like yeah. what Jason Tatum yes. brings to the table. Why I think it's closer than what. Help me understand this, though, Jay. A lot of guys that come from overseas, so to speak, they never play defense. It's always their offensive skills. Do they not play defense? No, Mano Giannis. Play defense. Giannis plays defense. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Giannis, Giannis is really good is defensively. He's a different <laughs> animal, though. True. Yeah. True. He's just a different. Embiid. Pascal Siakam. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of. It, yeah. It, yeah. But it's... we're talking about bigs. Oh, Pascal Siakam's Pascal's a wing. Not. He's a wing. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I just look at it from a historical standpoint. None really did we think Kukos played defense. Well, yeah, offense, I mean, you're right? going back. Yeah, there yeah. were I'm just saying no. more yeah. skilled, versatile yeah. offensive players yeah. back in the Could day. Could that yeah. be why Luka doesn't really play defense no. at the level that we think he should be playing? I kind of feel like Luka's offense is so next level. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's so focused on that. Luka's not like, oh, I need to work on how I'm better defensively. I also think in some capacity, and you see it vary, but with him conditioning, like how much effort you're giving. And yeah. not body, saying, but, but when you're in prime physical condition, I mean, playing yeah. two ways, that yeah, takes tough, a lot man. from you. And so when you're relied upon so much offensively, that sometimes that becomes a factor. In the European system, they pride more on skill set when it comes to offensive skills, and they feel the defense will come along later. And if it does or it doesn't, that's how they go about that standpoint. Steph Curry, Jimmy Butler, Sarah, to get back to the NBA Finals. Jimmy, I I already told you I'm picking Heat in seven. Uh, We'll get to the Warriors. But, yeah, I think think this is it. I think I'm going to go with Jimmy and his mentality, his doggedness, uh, and how he has just been balling out. I'll go with Steph Curry. I, I think it's going to be tougher than to beat Dallas, but I'll go with Steph Curry to get to the NBA Finals. And I'm going with both. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's not how the game works. Yeah, it, I changed the rules of the game. You sure did. Both. <laughs> both. I didn't, ahead, realize, I didn't realize it was the category. Steve Kerr, Jason Kidd, to be the better coach in the series in the Western Conference Finals. 
Uh, I got a ride with my guy, Jake Kidd. I have been blown away at how impressive he's been throughout the course of this regular season. And I, I will say Jason Kidd as well, and, and this is not to slide, I think, the world of Steve Kerr and his staff, but Jason Kidd, and I'm going to add into it his staff. I think he, with Sean Sweeney and everyone else, they got to go along with it. Um, I would take those. I'm those taking guys. Steve Kerr. Been there, done that, got a good staff, and I got better players. Okay. Yeah, I, I'll take – this is tough because I think I think Jason Kidd mm-hmm. is literally a basketball genius. Like if you and really? I'm not saying not to diminish Steve Kerr. I think Steve Kerr is an excellent coach, a world champion coach. But if you ever had a chance to talk to Jason Kidd and just hear how he articulates the game, if you can follow that as a player, I don't think there's anybody better. And I think he's finally able to communicate that. Yes, to yes. His guys. yes. Instead of being heavy handed like a point guard can be. He's learned how to do that. And, Freddie, I think his time with LeBron helped him more than he even thought articulating that. Yeah, also learning your lessons, how you couldn't be that way before because guys didn't respond to that when he was coaching in Brooklyn, coaching Milwaukee, and now you realize that there's certain guys you can do that to and certain guys you can't. Mm -hmm. So far, Dallas, he's been able to figure that out. Take your pick here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Sarah Kustak from the Yes Network joining us here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Which culture is better, the Heat culture or the Warriors culture? Ooh, do I have to go first? No, we'll let Keyshawn go first. Well, (laughs) I'm I'm riding with Heat. All day. I'm riding with Heat. Yeah? But I'm impressed with the war. I feel like I'm really slighting the Warriors. No, I don't think I'm slighting the Warriors. But the Heat, there is second to none to me. I think the culture for the Warriors started when they drafted. I mean, obviously, it goes all the way back in the day. But I I think the legacy for the Miami Heat, like it's been sustained over a longer period of time because Pat Riley has been there for as long as he's been there. That's why I would give the edge to the Heat. I think it just depends on the organization and what you define as culture because they both are two different organizations that's looking for different things. True. They're two so, different organizations? Of, of course they are, knuckleheads. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one saying, Captain Obvious, they're two different organizations. like shocking so, two, revelation. Two, and, and then I followed up with they're both looking for different things. You can, be, always you can be two different organizations that look for the same thing, smartass. Like who? What Keyshawn was trying you to say. You could be Never the mind. New England Patriots in the Miami Dolphins, two different organizations that want to try to have the same type of culture, or the Giants that tried to duplicate the New England Patriots when uh, they hired Joe Judge. Smartass. Now it makes sense. Jeez. <laughs> and and it always know, made sense. And you want to know why Duke had to pay him to go. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm taking both. I'm okay. taking both again. Changing the rules both again. With an F. I like both. Changing the rules again. <laughs> for for next season, are you taking LeBron James or Kevin Durant? Uh, I got to go Kevin Durant. I think he is going to come back healthy, ready, motivated, all the things. And not to say that about LeBron, um, but with Kevin Durant, I think he's at a different point in his career. So I'm riding with him all day. I'm going to go with LeBron for a lot of the same reasons you just talked about, Kevin. The only difference with the Lakers, and he'll say that, he'll, he'll get mad at me for this, is that I think the Warriors, and the Warriors, the Nets are a little kind of dysfunctional. Okay. Where the Lakers are going to get their stuff together. That's where you know you have faith and hope and belief in your franchise. The Lakers are going to figure it out. The Nets, nah, they won't figure it out. Can I? Can I actually? Can I? Can I pull a key here and say both? I. Why not? Because the rules have been get, changed already. Precedent well, has been set. Well, obviously, exactly, Freddie. But I'm starting to, and I'm a. Sarah said I think KD is going to be healthy. Yeah. 
LeBron has had some injuries down the stretch, too, even though he's played through a lot. I think we're, we're both seeing how these guys managed, like, towards the tail end of their careers with mm-hmm. injuries will be intriguing for me. KD come up to Achilles, then this injury this year. LeBron managed through injuries, played through it. How they handle that is going to be interesting to watch. Okay, real quick. Better chance to have a bounce back next season, James Harden or Russell Westbrook? Harden. Uh, I think he is going to figure out his personnel better, the system, his body better, how he's able to accommodate what he has in terms of the physical traits that may have digressed a little bit. Um, and he's not going to be the same James Harden we know, but I think he is going to be much better. I, see, I feel like I know who Russell Westbrook is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that relentless attack is going to push his way through. He'll be fine. I'm starting to question who James Harden is, uh, and I think that's the big thing. I hope he comes out another, and I think this year was a, a big humiliation for him in a way people attacked him, and hopefully that can wake him up and get him to that next level. Considering that Brooke probably won't be on the Lakers, I would say Westbrook because he'll be able to get back to what Jay's saying, just – Filling it up, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. The Heat in trouble, even though they won game one. That's next with Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.